Nice. What would you do? Sounds easy, doesn't it, when you watch someone else do it? But what would you do? What would you do when you're in this fork in the road? How would you feel when you have to make that kind of decision? What would you do? And maybe some of you guys, you have made a decision that was pretty easy to make. But listen, the choices that we make become a whole lot more difficult when we bring the two values closer together. When we're able to learn the difference between that which is higher in value than that which is not, much easier to make decisions. Let me illustrate it in this way. Quick survey. How many of you guys would love to eat a steak and breakfast, steak and eggs breakfast? Right after service. Steak and breakfast. Uh, steak, and, steak and eggs. Okay. Okay. How many of you guys would rather have steak, lobster, and shrimp? Hang on, not Paul yet. Steak, <laughs> lobster, some shrimp, some nice dessert for dinner. Now, some of you raise your hand. Okay, let me ask that again. How many of you guys would rather have the breakfast over the dinner? Raise your hand. It's because you guys are hungry right now. How many of you guys would rather have this, the dinner? Yeah, much better. You see, the, you see the difference? Hard to make a decision when they're so close in value. A nice restaurant, pasta, maybe Italian, Maybe seafood versus fast food restaurant. How many of you guys would choose fast food restaurant? How many of you guys would choose the seafood and the, the pasta and all that? Yeah, you see the difference? It's easier to make a decision when the values are so different. How many of you guys would choose... Uh, Diamond ring. Hey. Diamond ring? It's kind of big, but just for scale. Diamond earrings. Okay, women? Diamond ring. Raise your hand. Don't look at the person next to you. <laughs> Don't even do that. <laughs> like, you heard what he said. He put a ring on my finger. Um, Diamond earrings, raise your hand. You cannot choose both, diamond one or the other. <laughs> Jeremy, put your hand down. The women, diamond, diamond earrings, you would say diamond earrings. Okay, how many of, for, for you guys, it was a kind of a difficult decision, raise your hand. For some it is. Okay, I'll, I'll throw this in then, because like act bad, huh? Okay, Hawaiian bracelet. Ku'u'ipo. Okay, a Hawaiian bracelet. How many of you guys would choose a Hawaiian bracelet? What? Really? Okay. The kind you guys like. <laughs> Look like one call bowl. Hu'u ipo. 
Why embrace it? Because some of you guys wear the Wonder Woman band one. I see you guys. It's like one huge one. All of this, either one of these or a plastic ring. Now, how many of you guys would choose the plastic ring? Really? Over these. Couple people. How many of you guys would choose these over the plastic ring? Raise your hand. I think some of you are thinking, depends who gives it to you, right? <laughs> exactly. But can you see the value? You can change a plastic ring into something very valuable. But think about it this way. When we make decisions, it becomes difficult when we bring the two values closer together. Oh, for the guys. Okay, we didn't do the guys yet. Okay. Oh, boy. Um, this is a car, okay? Uh, I don't know what kind of car this is. It's a, it's a, it's a new car coming out in four years. So no one, no one knows what it looks like, but it looks like this. Side mirror, headlights, tinted, windshield wiper. Okay, car or what is this? It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a. It's a truck. One lifted truck. Yeah. Okay. That's the shocks, supposedly. With roll bars and floodlights. Okay. Oh. And burning out. So. How many of you guys would choose the car? Raise your hand. About the truck? <laughs> the truck. Chevy or Ford? Either one. You guys pick. Okay, whatever. In these choices, it, it becomes easy when you value one of them. If you don't have any high value in a car, easy to make this decision. If you're somebody who likes going off-roading, easy to make this decision. Very easy. Now think about the decisions that we make in life. Because some are going to be easy, some are going to be difficult, but I guarantee you this, the ones that are difficult are difficult because something of the same value is right next to it. Or you've made it the same value. The things of God and the things of this world, which one more valuable? things of God. But for some reason, we've been able to bring them so close together that it's hard to make the decisions when it comes to the things of God and the things of this world. This morning, we want to talk about that fork in the road and how do we make those decisions that help us to differentiate the two different values between the kingdom of God and the kingdom of this world. So you can take out your notes and follow along. And we're going to talk about a man by the name of Peter. Now you have these two different worlds. You have the kingdom of God and the kingdom of this world. And we all start off somewhere in life in making a decision to follow God or not. That's the first fork in the road. 
And we'll make that decision based on what we value most. If we value the things of God, then we'll make that decision. If we value the things of the world, it'll become that much more difficult when it comes to the things of God. And so now we want to look at how do we, how do we make these decisions and, and how, do we, how do we bring it to where the values are so different? Because humanity causes us to bring whatever we want of value to equal. So that if it's my marriage or friends, it's a difficult decision when it shouldn't be. When it's family or other things, it's a difficult decision. Now here's where it gets very difficult. When it's a paradox or it's a... It's, it's, a, it's almost like a never-ending circle. I need to work to provide for my family. If I don't provide for my family, then we're not going to be able to live and survive. So I need to work. But if I spend more time working, then I'm not going to have as much time with my family. But if I spend much time with my family, I'm not going to get paid. Now stress in the family, which causes us to fight. Can you see that paradox? It's a, it's a very difficult thing when it comes to things like that. But that's what we want to look at. How do we make these decisions? Because they're not easy decisions. Choices. They become so much easier when we hit that fork in the road. When we're able to put the two opposing values in where they're supposed to be. There's a man by the name of Peter who experienced that. Now you remember Peter was, he was fishing, he was a fisherman. And then he experienced that first fork in the road where Jesus said, come follow me. And Peter had to make that decision. Well, Peter made the decision to follow Jesus Christ. And so he took this route. And he left the things of the world. And he followed Jesus. And as he's following Jesus, he still experienced difficult decisions. He still experienced setbacks. Being a devout follower of Jesus Christ, he still experienced pain, suffering. He still experienced loss frustration, anger. And I thought, wait a minute, if we follow Jesus Christ, you're telling me that we'll still go through the same things we'll go through if we follow the things of the world? Yep. But I'd rather follow Jesus Christ going through the same things I will go through in this world who is able to lead me in the right direction, helping me through the pain, helping me through the loss of a loved one helping me through all the frustrations and the anger that comes up. Why go at it alone? See, I think we forget, and some people will actually say, well, I don't want to follow God because there's too many restrictions, too many do's and don'ts. You have that in the world too. It's the same kind of thing, except one leads to life and one leads to death. The kingdom of God has eternal life. The kingdom of this world eternal separation from God. Only one will lead us in the right direction. And Peter had to make that decision. Jesus actually predicts to Peter that he will deny him three times. And remember, Peter denied Christ, and we'll talk a little bit more about that. At the time of Jesus' arrest, Peter actually cuts off the servant's ear, the servant of the high priest, cuts off his ear. Christ heals the man. But can you see Peter's aggressiveness even when he's following Christ, listen, he cuts someone's ear off with a sword. Who does that? But Jesus healed the man. And Peter still had decisions to make. Still, Peter denies Christ. You know, one of 
Another one of Peter's major forks in the road was determining his relationship with Jesus Christ. Was he going to follow him or not? There was a time where Jesus had many disciples and, and they started to leave him. And then Jesus said this, it's in your notes, John 6, verse 66 through 68. It says, from that, from that time, many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more. Then Jesus said to the twelve, do you also want to go away? But Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Also, we have come to believe and know that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. I think many of us had said something like this, like what Peter said. Jesus, I will follow you no matter what. I give you my life. I give you my heart. It's called salvation. But I'm sure, like me, we've gone astray when we've said that to Jesus Christ. Even after we made that commitment to follow Jesus Christ, we still made mistakes. We still did things that were not pleasing to God. See, following Jesus Christ does not make us perfect. But it does bring us towards perfection. And it's the hope that we have in Jesus Christ that helps us through all the junk that we'll go through anyway in the world. There is a major difference with following Jesus Christ going through junk and rejecting Him going through junk. There's a major difference. And many of us have experienced that choice in when we made that decision to follow Jesus Christ when we came to that fork in the road. Not easy to make decisions. I understand that. My brother called me some years ago and he's about six years younger than me and, and he lives on Oahu and he said, Sheldon, you're not going to believe what happened last night. I mean, we're cruising and then I'm in the back of the truck and you know, all the boys are in the back and we're cruising and, and my cousin, he said his name, but I'll, for, um, you know, just to keep his innocence, uh, he's driving and he says, yeah, he's driving and and then he turns around and because the, you know, the rear window in the truck can slide open, he's saying, hey, do I go right or do I go left? And my brother said, I'm, think, I'm thinking, you just keep going straight. I know where we are, just keep going straight. He said, no, I got to go left or right. And he said, no, just, just, what do you mean left or right? He said, yeah, I got to go left or right, hurry up, where, which way do I go? He said, I don't know, just go. And he said, I don't know, left or right, I don't know. And he goes straight. Now, straight ahead was a median strip of grass and those reflector poles. And he went straight, and all the guys are in the back of the truck, and they hit that little bump, boom, and they're going, and he slams the brakes. All the guys are hanging on tight. What are you doing? See, I never know which way to go, left or right. So you went straight. And he said, I, I didn't ever know which way to go. And they're all laughing. They get off of that median strip. The road actually split and came back together. For some odd reason. I don't know what it was. And I thought, that is just like life. Life comes at us so quickly, we don't know which direction to go. Left or right, left or right. We got to choose. We cannot stay in the middle. And God says, either be hot or cold. But because you're lukewarm, I will spew you out of my mouth. It's almost like we give God a bad taste. When we just say, I'm neutral, God, I love you, but I love the world. He says, no, 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 no. You got to choose and put the value where it belongs. Put value on my kingdom where it belongs. It has, it's at the highest place. But Peter experienced all of that even after the death and resurrection. Remember after the resurrection, 
Peter and the disciples went back to their old ways. They went back to their, their uh, old jobs, went back fishing. In fact, Jesus, when he met Peter, changed his name. Remember it was Simon? And he says, no longer are you Simon. You are now Peter the rock. And upon you, I'll build my church. It's like that foundation. He says, no, you're the rock. Now, as time goes on, here is Peter and some of the disciples fishing. And Jesus appears on on the shore. And he jumps out of the boat, swims to shore. And now they're sitting down with Jesus, having breakfast. And Jesus asks Peter three times, do you love me? But then after that, he tells Peter this in John 21, 18. He says, I tell you the truth. When you were young, you were able to do as you liked. You dressed yourself and went wherever you wanted to go. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and others will dress you and take you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to let him know by what kind of death he would glorify God. And then Jesus said to him again, Follow me. See, Jesus knew that that Peter would always be faced with making major decisions when it came to that fork in the road. And he knows that with us too. We've got to make those decisions. And so Peter is now being spoken to by Jesus and he says, you know, Peter, back when you were in the world, you could do whatever you wanted to do. But now you're in the kingdom of God you're still going to go through pain. In fact, people are going to lead you in a place you do not want to go because you follow my kingdom, because you follow me. In other words, what he was telling Peter, on both sides, you experience pain. But only one leads to eternal life. And Peter understood that. And once he understood that, his choices became that much easier because he separated the values. See, something that helps us to to understand the value system of God is knowing God's voice, knowing his spirit, understanding his ways. And you might be thinking, that's what I want. I, I want to understand God. I want to understand his values. I want to understand his ways, but it's so hard. Well, not if you always hang around with God. Not if you're always studying His Word. Not if you're always hanging around His Spirit. Not, always, not, a, not unless you're with Him. Will you understand that? If anything, stay close to the heart of God. Stay close to the things of God. If you're taking notes, write that in. Because that's something that we can do that, that helps us to understand how valuable His kingdom is and how valuable He is. Just stay close to the things of God. Stay very close to the things of God. Because when I stay close to the things of God, now I value the things of God and I understand what He values. This is how, this is how Luke puts it. Luke 22, verses uh, 54 and 55. Now listen to what is happening. Because this is Peter now. Having arrested him, talking about Jesus, they led him and brought him into the high priest's house. But Peter followed at a distance. Now when they had kindled a fire in the midst of the courtyard and sat down together, Peter sat among them. Being a follower of Jesus Christ, when it came to that fork in the road, he had to make a decision. 
Was he going to jeopardize his life or was he going to blend in with the rest of the world and sit among them? That's when he denied Christ. They asked him three times. He even swore at one of the women there because he was so frustrated. But he sat among them. Peter started to follow Jesus from a distance. And when we do anything from a distance with God, hard to catch his value system. We don't understand it. But when I stay close to the things of God, I begin to value what he values. When I'm a part of what he's doing, now I understand why he values certain things. That's why when we serve, when we volunteer, when we get involved, even when we give, even the giving of our finances keeps us close to the heart of God. Because where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. But if I'm not a part of the things of God, I won't understand his value system. Then I'll bring everything to level. Now my decisions are so hard to make. Heidi was vacuuming one day and I came home and I needed to go to the back. So I still had my shoes on. So I tried to tiptoe through the house. And she said, what are you doing? I just vacuumed. I said, I'm just going real quick to the back. She goes, I just vacuumed. I thought, it's real fast. Just vacuum after. See, I'm walking further from her right now. But she said, I just vacuumed. And I didn't understand. I was thinking, no big deal. I was thinking that. Then one day I vacuumed. And someone came in the house with their slippers on. I said, what are you doing? Your slippers, take off your slippers. I got to go to the same thing I said. I said, take off your slippers. I just vacuumed. And I thought, I sound just like Heidi. I could not understand the value unless I was a part of it. I couldn't understand what, what did that mean that I just vacuumed and now you're running through the house with your shoes on. And I'm sure for those of you who clean the house, you understand exactly what I'm talking about. But you will only understand that if you're a part of it. If I, was, if I didn't vacuum, I wouldn't understand the value of it. I would just keep running through the house getting lickings from Heidi. It'd just be the same thing over and over. But when you're a part of it, now you understand the value. Same thing with the kingdom of God. When you're a part of it, you understand the value. You understand when God says, do this, don't do that. It's for our good. We understand why he has certain ways, why he does certain things, or why his ways are different than ours. And as Peter was struggling with these different decisions, as he's following Christ from a distance... Now his decisions are blurred. That line that, that shows the difference between the world and God, oh, it starts to blur. And Peter starts to just mingle in with the ways of the world. See, when I, when I follow Jesus from a distance, the choices I make become that much more difficult. It becomes very difficult. But when I stay close to the things of God, choices become that much easier. I didn't say it's easy. It becomes that much easier. I'll see people make major life-changing mistakes and wonder, wait a minute, as a Christian, why would we make that choice? Why would we make that mistake? I've done that even as a Christian. Make mistakes and think to myself afterwards, you knew better. Why did you choose that? And I could rewind the tape and show in my life that it was because I was distant from the Lord. I started to skip on his word. 
not be involved so much, not listen to his word, not attend church, not be involved in the family or fellowship, volunteer. I was just so far from him. And then the decisions I made were not based on the things of God. It was based on the ways of man, what I wanted to do. When Peter tried to influence Jesus in the ways of man, Jesus spoke words that were so crystal clear on his direction that he was choosing in his own fork in the road. And Jesus made it crystal clear to Peter in Matthew 16:23. He turns to Peter because Peter told him, God forbid that you should go to the cross. And Peter says, get behind me, Satan. Excuse me. Jesus says to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me for you are not mindful of the things of God but the things of man. People will try to take you off track on this fork in the road. People will try their very best to take you away from the things of God. Our, our own thought life will try to pull us away from the things of God. But I'm going to continue after 16.23 in Matthew and read a little bit more on what Jesus was saying. And Jesus knew he was going to the cross. Spoke that to, in fact, I'll read from verse 21. From that time... Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised the third day. So now Jesus is just letting them know what's going to happen. And that's when Peter took him on the side and began to rebuke him, saying, Far be it from you, Lord, that this should happen to you. And he turned to Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but of the things of men. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul in the process? Boy, it was right at that point that Jesus spoke very clearly the direction for his life, even though he knew he was going to pay the price for it. How many of us would even say, I will suffer the consequences, Lord, even though I follow you? If I lose friends, if I lose uh, respect, if I lose, if I lose, if I even lose my dreams for myself because I'm confident in following you. Even though I may lose certain things in my life, boy, I will gain so much more following you because I'm not going to profit anything if I gain the whole world but forfeit my own soul in the process. Jesus made it crystal clear and he gives us that same spirit because it's hard for us to understand the things of God easy for us to understand the ways of the world, right? It's easy for us to just make decisions aside from God. It's a whole lot easier to just do whatever we want rather than to obey God. Easier for us to make whatever decisions we want, even though we suffer the consequences. The decisions are very easy when God is out of the picture. We can just do whatever we want. The Bible says that in 1 Corinthians, in chapter 2, verse 11 and 12. 
For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Now, we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. See, there is a clear difference between the spirit of man and the spirit of God. And we can only know the things of God by the spirit of God. That's why he gives us the person of the Holy Spirit. That'll help us to make these kinds of decisions. He doesn't give us the spirit of the world. He gives us the spirit of the kingdom of God, his Holy Spirit. Stay close to him. Stay close to the things of God. But more than that, delight in what he delights in. Delight in his ways. Be happy about the things of God. Don't make it so frustrating. When God gives us direction, be thankful He's given us direction, even though it may be difficult. Because it helps us when we come to that fork in the road. Your second point, write that in. Take delight in what delights God. Take delight in what delights God. Find out what God values. Find out what He values most and value those things. Find out what He's about, what He likes. Value those things. You know, one of God's greatest values are people. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have everlasting life. He has that, he has that value to us. Jeremiah 9.23 gives us another list. Thus says the Lord, Let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, let not the mighty man glory in his might, nor let the rich man glory in his riches, but let him who glories glory in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord exercising loving kindness, and you can underline it or circle it if you need to, exercising loving kindness, underline judgment and righteousness in the earth. For in these I delight, says the Lord. In these I take exquisite delight. In these things it makes me happy and joyful. This is what I delight in. And when I don't delight in what God delights in, then I will not crave the things of God. But if I delight in the things of God, I will begin to crave the things of God. And when you crave something, you just can't get away from it. Like chocolate. Moose. Pie. Apple pie, warmed up, a la mode. Capital A, a la mode. So we're taking pictures the other day. And they're, they're taking pictures so that I can, um, sometimes we have bulletins or things that they got to use a picture of myself or Heidi and myself. And so they, they want to update the pictures. So we're taking pictures and, and Willis, who attends our church, is directing me and he's saying, okay, so smile and, and can you do this and do that? And, and so I, I'm, we're taking pictures. And he says, well, I want a certain smile. So, so think, of, think of good things. So I'm thinking of good things and I'm smiling. And, and he says, not quite. It's, it's more like you're, you're, you're doing like a posing smile. And, and so he's trying to help me. And I'm, I'm trying, you know, and I, I can't get it right. And Heidi's there. She goes, do you want to get a caramel malt shake after? I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. He goes, that's the smile. Keep it going. Chikook, chikook, chikook. <laughs> Throughout the whole photo shoot, all she is mentioning is desserts. And I'm sure I had a different smile. 
But guess where I wanted to go after the photo shoot? I, was, I got dessert. There was no way possible I was going to eat my lunch first. So we got some dessert. I ate the dessert, then I had my lunch. And I thought, what happened? I'll tell you what happened. You speak about those things over and over again, you will start to crave that. That's why God says dwell on good things. Whatever things are pure, lovely, excellent, worthy of praise, let your mind dwell on these things. You take delight in what God delights in, you will crave the things of God. Decisions will become that much easier. It won't be that difficult. And he helps us along the way. Psalm 37.4, it tells us, take delight in the Lord and he will give you your heart's desires. Isn't that amazing? He'll just give you your heart's desires. In other words, choices become that much easier when we separate the values. It becomes that much easier. When we delight in the things of God, we'll crave the things of God. Then the things of the world, because we're not craving it, very easy to make decisions that pull us away from the ways of the world to follow God. In your marriage, in your family, how we treat people, how you speak to people at work, how you treat your coworkers, how you reflect the love of Jesus Christ becomes that much easier. Now you're not ashamed of the gospel, but you're an ambassador for Jesus Christ because there's a different value system according to the standards of God now, what if I've learned to separate the values between the things of this world and the things of God and still make horrible decisions? Your last point, own my decisions with the Lord. Simple, own my decisions with the Lord. Own my decisions with the Lord. Don't blame, don't point fingers, don't make excuses, own up to it. Because when you own up to it, for one thing, we'll learn the lesson. But the second thing is, when we repent, we'll now get back on track with the things of God. Think of it this way. In the world, we have a lot of decisions to make. There's a lot of, of, of these forks in the road. But they still lead the same place. In the kingdom of God, you will still experience forks in the road. But they all lead to eternal life. You might experience pain here, suffering here, rejection here. You may have good days. You may have bad days. But you're still going to experience all of this here. Same thing. I'd rather walk with Jesus and still have to make those major life-changing decisions that lead to life anyway. Might as well becomes a lot easier when you look at it that way to make those kinds of choices shouldn't be able to blame anyone shouldn't gossip spread rumors lie or even give up the bible says repent change the way you think and if you're doing things in the world just change just change change the way we think go back to the heart of god go back to who christ is and he'll help us along the way. When Peter was dealing with following Jesus at a distance and he denied Jesus, Jesus and Peter actually made eye contact after that rooster crowed. Remember 
Jesus said, after the rooster crows, you're going to deny me three times, then the rooster's going to crow. Matthew 26, 75. Let's see what happens with Peter. And Peter remembered the word of Jesus who had said to him, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. Here's the consequence of Peter's actions. So he went out and wept bitterly. He wept bitterly. That weeping is a sign of pain and grief for the decision that he made. He wept bitterly. Even though I own my decisions, my decisions with the Lord and I make mistakes, just own up to it. You may have a bitter weep. You may cry about it. You may get frustrated about it. But you repent and get back on track. Because it's Jesus Christ and his spirit that will be able to bring us back to glorifying God. I have no one else to blame. If I'm following Jesus Christ and I make decisions and it goes well, all glory goes to God. If I make decisions and I'm trying to follow Jesus Christ and I thought it was a good decision and it doesn't go well, I still have no one to blame. Just own up to it, own the decision and get better at it. The good news is I'm still in the kingdom of God even though I may make difficult, tough, bad decisions. Just stay on track because he's the only one who is able to get me back on track. Let's look at what happened after Jesus resurrected and met his disciples on the beach. John 21 verses 15 through 17. So when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And he said to him, feed my lambs. He said to him a second time, son, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And he said to him, tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, Do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Feed my sheep. And I thought, wait a minute, Jesus, did you you not once talk about what he did wrong? Why didn't you tell him, you denied me three times and you even swore at that woman. You You were just like out of it. Why didn't you bring that up? Why didn't you even at least talk to him about his past? Why didn't you even correct him on that? And it's like Jesus said, I did. But I did it through love. And he asked him three times, do you love me? But catch what Jesus did on purpose. He didn't call him Peter. He called him Simon, his old name. What Jesus didn't do was point fingers at Peter and his faults. What he did do is remind Peter who he is not anymore. For I'm confident of this very thing, says first, uh, Philippians 1.6, that he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. Listen, this fork in the road that we'll experience every single day of our lives Be confident that the very thing, that good work that he began in you, he will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. 
he loves us that much. And when you go through that experience, even though you may have fallen or made a mistake, get back to loving Christ because love never fails. Amen. And close your Bibles. Peter was so sure about the fork in his road that he chose that it was about 64 AD where Nero burned Rome, blamed the Christians, and Peter was one of them. They took some of the Christians and, and, and Peter was one of them and they were about to crucify Peter because that was their way of their death penalty. It was the worst death penalty ever. It was by crucifixion. And so, here's Peter set for execution. Peter made crystal clear his decision. And he actually told them, I, I am not worthy to die like Jesus did. And he told them, you place me upside down on that cross for me to die. And that's how Peter died. And if even to the end of death, all these different forks in the road, even to the end of death, Peter teaches us that even then, we may have still yet to make a decision in what is of highest value. But here's the good news. Peter's story doesn't end there. Because the moment that he took his last, final breath, guess who he saw? Face to face. Jesus Christ. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, there's some of us that that's where we are right now. We're, we're at this fork in the road. We don't know which way to go, follow the ways of the world or follow you. But really, after hearing just an example of the life of Peter, it's a no-brainer. Following you is the best thing in the world. And so, Lord, I pray for those who have yet to make that decision to follow you, that they would make that decision made known, that it's crystal clear that their heart is to follow you. And, and if you're here this morning, you've never made that decision to follow Jesus Christ. You've never given him your heart. You've never exchanged your life for his. You didn't know that, that he loved you that much, even though we may have sinned or done things wrong. He loves us just as we are. And so if you're here this morning and and you want to make that exchange, you want to give your heart to Jesus, it's a simple prayer, and I'll say it, and you can repeat it, you can mean it with all your heart, and here's the prayer, Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sins, wash me clean, make me brand new, forgive me, I believe you died on the cross, I believe you rose again, to give me eternal life, so I give you my heart and I thank you for loving me 
In Jesus' name. With every head bowed and eyes closed, if you just said that prayer, I want to pray for you. Could you just lift the hand real quick? I just want to pray for you. Go ahead, lift your hands up. Good, good. On this side, back here. I see your hand. God sees your hand up here. Good. God sees your hands back there. Whole family back there. Good. Hold your hands up. Lord, you see these hands. You will continue to do the good work that you started in them. I pray that as they continue to follow you all the days of their lives, that they will remember how valuable you are, which causes them to feel the most valuable to you. you put your hands down. For all of us, Lord, help us to remember to, to separate the values of this world and the values of your kingdom. That we would choose to either be hot or cold, not be lukewarm and stay in the middle, or you will spew us out of your mouths, out of your mouth. And so, Lord, help us to stay on track with you. Give us your spirit, Lord. That's the only way we'll know the things of God. And we thank you for showing us the way, paying the price, and dying on the cross when it came to the most important fork in the road. In Jesus' name we pray. We all said, Amen.